You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustain effort and violence, you play your ass off. You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys. Here it is a first down. Pirates. Welcome into the Pirate Preview right here on the Sports Objective. I'm Dave Richmond. Glad to have you here live on a Tuesday night on Facebook Live and, of course, on our YouTube channel. By the way, like our Facebook page, and we have a lot of subscribers now. Uh, gained a lot over the last month, so thank you, thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's because of Kyle from LaGrange Barber. How are you, sir? What's going on, Dave? I was just sitting here pondering in my head doing Boogie Woogie Man's Handsome Jimmy gimmick from Memphis uh, well, yeah. on my introduction, but I'm going to save that for a win. Uh, I don't know why that went through my head, but, uh, anyway, uh, what's going on, fellas? Uh, we, uh, we see here on a Tuesday night game week, homecoming, Memphis Tigers coming to town, big, big, big football game. In my opinion, uh, uh, in my opinion, this is the most important game, um, arguably so far of the Mike Houston era. No doubt about it. In fact, uh, I know Bubba Rosenbaum, we have the little bit of the Mike Houston press conference earlier today and later on we'll have it on our YouTube channel and uh, Bubba uh, I know that this uh, it's kind of a one thing I will say to all you guys it's been a touchy um, I, Bubba are, are you there I guess see we'll get yeah I'm, I'm here oh, okay I got you I was just gonna say um, one thing I've noticed about Mike Houston is that it's been a really touchy uh, feeling right now a touchy time um, coaching staff obviously not happy being uh, three and three on the season and Rightfully so, they could easily be five and one at the very least. Uh, so uh, we'll have that uh, press conference, a little bit of that in just a little while, right? Yeah, we'll have the first you know, five and a half to six minutes of that. It was about 14 or so minutes in its entirety. And you can find that, as you mentioned, on our YouTube channel, as well as on the comments of Holton Aylers, Jaira Wilson, and Jack Powers. Um, and Obviously, and Jaira and Jack from the defensive side of the ball, providing that perspective on uh, this Memphis offense, as well as taking a maybe a brief look back at the Tulane game. But uh, yeah, like Kyle said, this is an absolutely huge game this weekend. Pirates three and three, and going into the second half of the season, some very challenging games ahead. Um, but if we play the way we can, we can win it, win any of them, or um, we can obviously lose any of them. Uh, so uh, I was thinking back, um, obviously, a few different years come to mind, but one that immediately came to mind was 1995 when very high expectations coming off a of bowl the previous season and uh, looking to get back to the Liberty Bowl that year. And Pirates started off three and three, some some highs, some lows, and uh, then they ran the table win- winning their last six. So uh, you know, hopefully we'll play the way we can play on this second half of the season, starting on Saturday night against Memphis. No doubt about it. As we bring in Matt Semenza, I did not know. I'm a huge fan of yours, Matt, um, personally. But I didn't know that you were related to Laurel and Hardy. I see that in the background there. I didn't know you were related to them. 
Oh yeah, man. I I, I have a diverse movie uh Dan Laurel movie and Oliver Honey following. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of everything in, in this room here. But uh yeah, you see the Laura Hardy. But what's up, guys? Uh looking forward to this game. I agree with everything you guys have said. I think it's <clears throat> I expect this game to be an absolute bloodbath. I think um I expect the pirates to be physical, um, really dialed into this game mentally and you know, like you guys have said, this is this is one we have to get at home yep. for a lot of reasons. To get number one, to get back on the winning track, but also it's kind of the tipping point. You know, if you drop this one at home, you look at the schedule ahead, and and it's going to be very tough. So you, I really feel like this is a huge game that we have to get in Greenville, considering everything ahead of us. You know, you have UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati. It's a tough schedule. Yeah, and quickly, Kyle, I was going to say, what is our intentions? What are our intentions? Because when you're intentional, then you can really make things happen. And uh, where's our focus? I think there's a lack of focus we've had, um, not not in preparation, not in practices, none of that. But I'm talking about when it, the chips are down, when it really matters, when you're talking about special teams, uh, when we're talking about the obviously the the formation focus, you got to focus, focus, focus every single play. And, and Matt, Kyle, and Bubba, you know, how many coaches say all that time, you can't, you can, they're screaming, you can't take a play off. That one play that you take off the busted coverage, that's the difference. Right now, guys, I was ta- telling you guys right before, and Kyle, I'm going to pitch this to you because you know where I'm going with this. This league right now, we are not making any excuses for Mike Houston. He's a grown man. We love him. Uh, we're not making excuses for him. But one thing I will say about this league, you cannot afford to take your eyes off the ball, your eyes off the prize, as they say, because that's the difference in winning and losing. Kyle, I don't understand this fan base. This fan base is driving me nuts, and I'll tell you why. We were at the bottom of the barrel. We're fighting our way up now where the league is 50-50. Some weeks we're going to win, some weeks we're going to lose. There's some weeks we probably shouldn't win. And we pull off, you know, we steal some of these games. But that's what I'm saying. That's why the intensity has to be there, why we have to be intentional, why we can't take our eyes off the ball and we have to be focused, don't you think? Yeah, I and mean, you mentioned the fan base. I think a lot of the, the problem with the fan base is you, you had a seven-win season last year and then you play like you did against NC State. And I think a lot of people had visions of playing for a conference championship dancing in their head. And we've underperformed. And that's the reason to me for frustration – but that's, as I said Sunday night, uh, what I don't understand about the fan base and completely understand the frustration and the criticism, but what I don't understand about the fan base is the negativity. It's a big difference between being critical and being negative. Um, the the talent's there. I believe in the majority of the coaching staff. So we can get it fixed. And this Memphis game Saturday night, uh, you know, I, we were talking about it pre-show. We're up to a five-point favorite. Uh, which that line doesn't make any sense to me. I think the line's a bit big, but I've always been told when a line doesn't make any sense, don't touch it because it's probably going to – we're probably going to cover. So uh, the fact that we're a five-point favorite in a game against a four-and-two football team um, that only lost to uh, Mississippi – yeah, Ole Miss and and Houston and lost Houston by one point. The fact that we're a five-point favorite and the line keeps going up doesn't make a lot of sense, so – it tells me don't touch it, and it also tells me we're probably going to cover. Um, so it's a very big game. 
Uh, I would advise the fans to be critical, but don't be negative. Come out there and, and support the team. Get loud. I think we can make a difference in this game, uh, particularly on defense. Uh, Houston has a good offense. We're going to have to get after the quarterback, get pressure on him and make plays, force some turnovers. And I think the crowd can make a difference Saturday night. Um, I, I, I look for this going to be a bit of a shootout. Um, but I think a couple of key defensive stops will, will, will make the difference in the game. But to your point about being deliberate, uh, yeah, we need to be deliberate on everything we do. I mean, that goes without saying. And uh, to me, this is a huge, huge football game. Yeah, um, as far as huge football games, and before we dive into this year's matchup, just looking at this series very quickly, East Carolina leads it 16-8, to um, going back to the first meeting uh, way back in 1990. Um, but uh, from some of the win streaks in the series, from 06 to 12, the Pirates won seven in a row. And then um, in from uh, 2000 to 2005, uh, Memphis had won four out of five including three straight um, during the John Thompson era in the first year of Skip Holtz. But, um, you know, in 2018, well, actually going back to 2017, when it was really ugly at the Liberty Bowl, and then 2018 in Greenville when they beat us by a 59-41 score, that's one of the things that made last year so sweet because you saw how far we had come in four seasons, uh, going from having lost 70 to 13 to winning 30 to 29 and over time to uh, clinch that bowl bid. Yeah. And, uh, that was a huge win last year. And, um, I think, uh, I, I think this, this year it would, you know, I obviously last year was to get the six wins. So it's hard to argue this year would be bigger, but in terms of a home win, um, you know, if you take that SMU game off the board because nobody was there in 2020, this would be the biggest home win Mike Houston's had against the 4-2 Memphis. So, um, I don't know, it's homecoming. I'm excited about this game, guys. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully, if nothing happens between now and then, I'll finally get to go to a game this year. Maybe the only one I go to. But uh, me and some Mims is going to be there. So, uh, yeah. hopefully, anyway, everything goes as planned, Matt. <laughs> So we need maybe what Bubba, are you going to be there? I know the other week you were going to the Outer Banks. Are you going to be there? Yeah, I'll be there. With right, our so powers combined. Nice, nice, okay. nice. We, we, we need to get a picture. Make sure we, we got to have pregame shots. So yeah, we got to get pictures. We got to get oh, pictures man. together because the four of us are never together. So that will be. Yeah. I don't think the four of us have ever yeah. been together, right? <laughs> did, did anybody just get that reference? I said, Earth. Win the water heart. Who are we? Who are we with our powers combined? Wait a second. Bubba just dropped out. Bubba said to hell with that. I'm not even going to. The four horses. Captain Planet, guys. Captain Planet, come on. Mm. You lost me on that one. Ah, Screw (laughs) y'all. Bubba, you remember Captain Planet? Yes, but. it's not something that I was really into or anything. Well, no, me neither. But the, 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 I'll tell you two things that used to irritate the crap out of me. Captain Planet and Atlanta Braves baseball, because they would both be on either right before <laughs> or interrupt WCW Saturday so Night wrestling. wrestling. Yes. So <clears throat> that's why I had to watch Captain Planet waiting for wrestling to come on. I never watched Captain Planet to get ready for 605 or whenever that was coming on. Well, so. I just had it on the TV waiting for 6 WCW Saturday night at 605. 
Well, I'll tell you guys, look, you know, looking at this game, just jumping back to the game for a second. One thing I really want to see Saturday night is I want to Matt, see. Matt, why team. would you want to talk about the game when we can talk about Captain Planet? I mean, Captain Planet is more important, Matt. Come on. I, I was looking for a segue, but it just wasn't coming, so I just jumped. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, guys, I, I want to see this team play loose. You know, I thought we looked very tight last week um, against Tulane. When you play tight, it leads to mistakes. You know. I really want to see this team just come out, play physical, play fast, play loose. Hey, you're home. You're at home. It's 7.30 game. We should have a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really want to see this team just go out and make plays. And and I hope that the play calling, you know, remains aggressive, remains open, and uh, not, you know, hopefully not predictable like we've seen. Yeah, I agree with you. And I do think we play tight against Tulane. And, and, and I have a feeling we're going to play loose this weekend. I, I I like the matchup a lot better. Um, the Tulane, man, I said it Sunday night. What they do is just it's, – it's not super unique, but it's super irritating. And um, Memphis's defense, Holt Naylor's compared it to Old Dominion in terms of what they like to do. So we've seen it. Um, uh, their, their defense is not horrible, but it, it's not great. They give up a lot of points. Um, so uh, it, it, I agree with you 100%, Matt. We – we did play tight against Tulane, and we do need to come out and play loose. Yeah, as far as I mean, a couple of those topics that Matt brought up, as far as the uh, you know key plays, Mike Houston in his press conference today was talking about there were essentially a half dozen plays, um, you know, that really swayed that game against Tulane, and you know we have to find a way to make those plays or at least our share of them. And then uh, also Coach Houston was asked as far as the the offense and the you know, just the inability thus far to produce against the better defenses on our schedule, specifically Navy and Tulane, you know, even more so than NC State because NC State, you know, we moved the football much better in, in that game on the whole, I'd say, uh, than yeah. – Tulane and Navy, but uh, but in those games, you you know you had twenty one, um, what twenty one twenty and and nine points. So he addressed those topics. And did you want to go ahead and go to those uh, in in uh, Coach Houston's yeah, opening gonna, opening remarks? Yeah, I was getting ready to ask you for that. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, just because um, they they kind of set up the rest of the the show as far as the discussion that we'll have on both sides of the ball. And so here are those opening comments from Mike Houston's Tuesday press conference talking about uh, the, the Tulane game as well as looking ahead to Memphis. How's everybody doing? Hello. All right. Um, obviously disappointed in uh, not being able to get the victory down in New Orleans this past weekend. Um, thought we faced a very good Tulane team. Um, you know, when you look back at the game, and I've uh, watched it multiple times and watched it with both uh, sides of the ball and special teams, um, you know, you look at uh, the things that we did well, and I thought we did start the game very well. I um, thought we played very well in the first quarter. Um, I thought that uh, as the game went on, there, you know, there's half a dozen plays where uh, Tulane made a play and we did not. Um, you know, one way or the other. And uh, I thought those plays combined with a couple of mistakes that we made uh, that Tulane did not uh, ended up in them winning 
what was a uh, you know highly contested uh, game, and uh, you know certainly uh, congratulations to Coach Fritz and Tulane uh, moving on to five and one. Uh, they've got a good football team, just like we thought, and uh, you know we've got to be better uh, in all phases of uh, the game, and uh, and got to get improved from our performance last weekend. And, uh, you know, the one thing I do know is we have a very motivated group. We have a motivated group of coaches. We have a motivated team. Uh, we had a good workout on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, we've had productive uh, both players and coaches things over the last uh, day and a half since then. Uh, I expect us to have a really good practice this afternoon. Uh, I expect the Pirates to play well this coming Saturday. Excited to be back at home. Uh, should be a... A great atmosphere, 7.30 kickoff, homecoming. Um, you know, you, you're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of people back here for Hall of Fame induction and Marcus Crandall going in. And uh, just a lot of excitement around the game. And it's two really good football teams. Obviously, Memphis is coming off of a tough loss to Houston uh, last Friday night. I was able to watch most of that game uh, after we finished up our meetings. So, uh you know, we've got two teams that are, uh, you know, really good teams that uh, matched up this weekend. Should be a great game. Uh, we'll be ready to go. So, questions? Coach, you guys are at a point where those handful of plays are going to dictate who wins the game, you know, going forward. So, how do you guys address it as a coaching staff? Do you all overemphasize it or try not to put too much pressure on those plays? How do you address that when you sit down with, with your staff and the players? Well, the one thing I know is, um, you know, the kids, they, they, they want to be successful. And so uh, I do think you, you address each situation. A lot of times it's, it's things that they know. So you just try to coach up how to play, how to play the ball better, whether it's offensively or defensively, or you coach up a decision. Uh, no matter what, who it is making it, you know how we can better make that decision. Um, we're always looking at how we can do things better as coaches. Um, and at the end of the day, you know it's it's a, a game played in real time, and you know it's somebody's going to make the play, somebody's not. And uh, so you just try to do the best job you can of addressing it. And uh, I think you do. I think you very directly address it and try to coach it and try to improve on it. Um, you know, maybe when you talk about decision making, that sort of answers it. But like, have you been able to put your finger on or diagnose maybe like the disconnect of having a lot of talent on offense versus just having some struggles in some certain games? Well, um, I think that the opponent and how they're defending you has a lot to do with it, and then I think uh, rhythm and sync has a lot to do with it. Uh, everybody being on the same page has a lot to do with it. You know, for example, you know, South Florida got up there and decided they wanted to play as press man on the line of scrimmage, and we were able to hit some deep balls on them, uh, and we connected, and we won the 50-50 balls. Uh, this past weekend, and Tulane defended us completely different. Uh, and, you know, I think after probably the middle of the second quarter on, um, we just, you know, we were able to drive the ball pretty well uh, till you got down to around the 30-yard line, and we just did not make the plays that you have to make. You know, you got to score points. Uh, and conversely, uh, you know, on the other side, you know, we did give up a, a few plays uh, to Tulane. And so I think that's where it goes into just we've got to improve our execution 
we got to improve everybody being on the same page. Um, you know, everybody in this conference has a lot of talent. You know, Tulane had a lot of talent on defense. Tulane had a lot of talent on offense. You know, Memphis this weekend, they've got a lot of talent on both sides. We all have a lot of talent. So it comes down to who can execute the best, uh, you know, who can play together the best. That's really the big one. You know, the better team is going to win on game day. And so it's, you know, striving to try to get a, a group of individuals to play together and be the best team on game day each Saturday. All right, that's obviously Coach Houston from today. If you're watching live, Tuesday's press conference earlier this afternoon. And uh, I tell you what, um, there's no question about it. You got to get things under control. But Matt, you brought up a great point, uh, something I thought about Sunday morning. And I just realized when you mentioned, I forgot to mention, I forgot. TV game, there's certain games. Dave's cutting out on Dave, my end. Breaking out a little bit. Breaking up a little bit. But uh, until Dave's able to rejoin us, uh, you know, taking a look at this matchup, um, guys, let's start on the offensive side of the ball, and that being the, the, the Memphis offense against the East Carolina defense. As Dave has now left the building momentarily here. Uh, so hopefully Dave will be able to – Rejoin us, but taking a look at this Memphis offense, they have a proven signal caller in Seth Hennigan. Uh, you know, last year against us, he had a solid game. Uh, thus far this season, he's completing, um, you know, nearly 64% of his passes. He's thrown it uh, about 33 times per ball game, uh, a little over 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, and just one pick. And he also has the ability. Uh, to hurt you with his legs. I don't know that I would necessarily call him a, a dual threat, but, uh, you know, when, when he needs to run, you know, when things break down or maybe occasionally a design run, he certainly has that potential. Yeah, it's not a statue. It's Holt Naylor's like, not size-wise, but in terms of how he uses his mobility. Um, we need to get pressure on him, and we need to get, when we get pressure on him, we, we need to get him on the ground. Um, that's going to be key, and, and that's where I think the fans can make a difference. We – Fans need to be loud and, and get behind this defense and uh, and, and help us uh, get pressure on their quarterback because they do have a good offense. Um, they score points. They take advantage of red zone opportunities, um, and they have a hell of a kicker. Their, their kicker may be the best kicker in the league. Um, so when, when they when they they when they'll get a little bit conservative with their play calling at times when they get down um, kind of in the red zone area because they know their kicker is automatic points. Um, so that's something we need to do. We need to hold them to kicking field goals. Uh, then we need to answer that with touchdowns because this ain't going to be a lot of fourth down going for it because their kicker is so good unless they're in a situation where they have to go for it on fourth down. So what we need to do is is hold them to field goals um, in terms of their offense because they're going to get their yards, and then we need to answer with touchdowns. And uh, it looks like Dave got his green screen going or either he's at Dowdy Ficklin and they put people in there. No, I'm yeah. I'm asking, I, I wanted to be live with Matt, so I feel like Matt's alone. So I found the, I found this, uh, the picture that Bubba. It's actually Bubba's. Bubba did this. So, I was is that like, a green screen, or you got a picture behind you? What, what, what is this? Is that a virtual, green the virtual effects. I have a green screen, but I haven't set it up yet. This okay, so it's virtual yeah. effects. Okay, gotcha. But um, I'm already. Yeah. In the game, guys, can't you tell? 
I'm waiting for you guys to show up. Well, you're on the field, so I, I hope you. I hope. Uh, I hope you take a nice hit in here in a minute. Though. <laughs> Samantha, Samantha just hit me. <laughs> but I, I talk about Hennigan um, um, in his running ability, and Coach Houston pointed that out in his press conference remarks. Uh, we know when you go and listen to them in their entirety, uh, he's run for a little over 170 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And then uh, <clears throat> their running backs, and they really spread it around. They have three guys that they use uh, a significant amount, Brandon Thomas, and then also uh, Ducker and uh, Martin. And Thomas, Thomas is a little bit uh, of the – Bigger back, 5'10", 210 pounds. He has seven touchdowns, leading the team in rushing touchdowns. Uh, and uh, right around, I think, um, four yards per carry or just over. And then you have uh, Ducker, 45 carries for 225 yards and a couple scores. And then Martin. Uh, Martin is their best receiving back, and he's also uh, – averaging nearly six and a half yards per carry. So he's probably the most complete of the three backs that they use. And then their leading receiver is Gabriel Rogers. Uh, he's a guy who has 22 receptions for a little over 300 yards. And I know uh, when I was going back and watching a little bit of the Houston game, uh, parts that I missed live, uh, he was able to, um, you know, make some things happen as well in the, in the run game via end of rounds and reverses. So keep an eye on, on Gabe Rogers. Yeah, they, they get the ball. They spread the ball around a lot. Uh, there's not just one player you got to watch out for. They, uh, they're they very uh, generous with dis- distrib- distributing the football. So uh, uh, they, they're, they're very, they're very complete on offense. Um, I, I, um, I, it's a it's it's, it's going to be a challenge for our defense, but I think our defense is up to the challenge. And I talk about, sorry, very quickly, Matt. Uh, just one other thing I was going to point out as far as um, their passing game. I talked about Gabriel Rogers being their leading receiver as far as receptions and yardage, but Caden uh, um, Priestcorn, I believe that's how you press corn. He six five, two hundred fifty five pound tight end who actually came to the program back in 2019 as a walk-on quarterback, and he was converted to a tight end. And, uh, you know, he's done a heck of a job. 21 receptions for 220 yards and six touchdowns. So he leads them in in, uh, receiving touchdowns. And I saw a catch and run that he made against Houston on an RPO uh, out in the flat. Uh, He's uh, really good, you know, running with the football after the catch. Yeah, and I would challenge Ryan Jones and, and Holt Naylor to find Ryan Jones this week. Ryan Jones should be putting up numbers yeah. like that. So, uh, I, I should, that, to, to me, uh, the, sometimes uh, players need to be challenged by other players. So, I would challenge Ryan Jones to get open, and I would challenge Holt Naylor to find him this week and outperform that kid. You know, I said this two years ago, guys, and I know, Kyle, you said it recently, but every time that guy touches the ball, he's the, probably the best athlete we have, uh, one of the best on the team. So get that guy the ball and make things, and he makes things happen. And um, I, I really think that that's uh, huge for the he, game. He's had a very disappointing year so far. Yeah, I thought for sure that he would the numbers, but again, it also goes back to Holton. Get him, give him the ball. You know, get him the ball. Um, we need Holton to be. Uh, uh, Matt used to say last year, we need Holton to be Holton. And uh, yeah. hey, 
Uh, I know earlier we had uh, Jimmy. I think it was Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy was talking about putting Mason in. Look, we need to – the way I see it like right now, guys, is we need to have a sense of urgency. Um, we only have six games left. I was thinking about this this morning when, you know, certain teams they were talking about on the radio this morning, and I'm like going, you know, um, you only have 12 football games, right? So in basketball, if you lose a couple or baseball, like when we lost the Bryant series, remember the beginning of the year, everybody was like up in arms. Oh, my God, you know, the season's lost and we go to a Super Regional. You lose two or three games back to back to back, it's over. Um, or, you know, it's more difficult as we talked about. So there needs to be a sense of urgency. We're officially in the second half of the season coming up. Uh, let's have a sense of urgency to really get this job done because. Yeah, I don't, yeah, Dave, I agree with you. I think, think Dave locked up a little bit there. I mean, in, in terms of Mason, you know, I, I, I feel like if we, if we drop this game, which I don't even want to think about, but if we do drop this game, I definitely want to see more of Mason moving forward. But I think for this week, um, I don't think we're going to see Mason. Um, one thing I would love to see a little bit in, in this offense, maybe in short yardage or red zone, is some direct snap type plays, maybe a direct snap to, you know, Gunn or, or Keaton Mitchell, and you could do some creative things out of that. But I want to see some, you know, some creativity um, this week where we can – you know, we can show some things that we haven't put on film yet this year, you know, to confuse Memphis a little bit. But I would like to see some direct snap type stuff and maybe a, you know, a third and two type situation or maybe if we're down, you know, inside the five yard line in a red zone. What I'd like to see is some consistency with the play calling and us execute. Uh, that's the main thing I want to see, whether it's something different or not. How about we just execute what we run and uh, don't make dumb boneheaded mistakes um and uh consistency with the play calling um if something's working don't don't go away from it um i don't you know and, and use things to set up other things I don't, I don't i don't see a lot of that at times in this offense this year sometimes at times you know usf game first half was wonderful but but at times this offense doesn't seem to have a reason to rhyme to it um and i know it does but uh, I'd like to see this ran to set up this, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, it's, that's what I'd really like to see. Yeah, creativity is great. But how about let's execute and let's have some continuity to the offense. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, hope Jalen Johnson will be back. Uh, it remains to be seen. Coach Houston was asked about that on his radio show, and he just – he didn't say a whole lot other than he was still battling through the lower back pain and that we hope to have him available on Saturday night. Um, because without him, uh, you really look at it. I mean, it's CJ Johnson and Zay Winstead no. and, then, and, then, and then the two tight ends with Calhoun and Jones. We, we, can't, do that again. we, we, can't, we can't do that again this week. We, we, cannot, we cannot go out there and, and, and run that two tight end set the whole game like we did against Tulane. If we do that again this week, we're going to get beat. So you, you need to line up. You need to line up King, uh, either the Duke transfer, and you need to put CJ in the slot. Yeah, hey, let's put these guys on the field. Whatever happened to Taji Hudson? You know, I remember uh, he's, he's he's banged up. Evidently, he's a very touchy, sensitive guy. Well, I remember when he first got here. He came in as a quarterback, and he was converted to a wide receiver that first year. The coaching staff raved about him. I mean, yeah. it seemed like every day it was Taji Hudson. You know, they were blown away by his athleticism. Well, I, I doubt he's going to play a whole game, Matt, because he stays banged up. I mean, 
it would be nice if you could move CJ out wide, put him in the slot, but I just don't see that being an option. Uh, maybe it is, and I just don't know. But if we don't have Jalen, I would prefer us to play CJ in the slot more. You can put him out wide, um, outside a little bit, but I, you you got to play King or uh, the Duke transfer whose name escapes me or somebody. I guess King would be our best bet. Jared Garner. Uh, Jared Garner or King. Uh, you cannot do that two tight end set the whole game again. It, 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 I think it would be more successful against Memphis than it was against Tulane, but you cannot do that the whole game. Going back to uh, what we're going to be seeing defensively, uh, I know uh, I think it was you, Kyle, referenced uh, the similarities and the comparisons that Holt Naylor's was making um, earlier on Tuesday as far as to Old Dominion. Um, he said that you know Memphis has a very good defensive end and they like to move him around a lot in coverage wise a lot of uh, two safety looks with with a cover four you know a lot of what they call cover six you know where there's a cover four look to the field and then to the boundary the short side of the field there's a cover two look you know basically meaning that they have you know two guys deep to the field and then and then to the boundary that you know they have a a corner that's uh, that's um, playing playing the flat there, and then a deep safety, but uh, and then they also have some man coverage. So hopefully, if they do give us those man coverage looks, that you know, we can uh, capitalize on that, like we did against South Florida. And yep. then, um, and then I know they've they've been allowing 300 yards passing per game. Um, we were talking about that pre-show um, before we went live. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. As you said, they're definitely susceptible in in their pass defense. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they play us. I mean, right now, if if you're – if you've watched East Carolina this year and you're a defensive coordinator, you're thinking to yourself, all right, the last thing I want to do is just line up and play press man. Um, I would definitely try to, you know, zone us up because that seems to be where we struggle, as we saw last week. So, um. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot more of that this week than than where you know maybe they've showed this year. Maybe, but they can't. They don't play the zone the way Tulane plays the zone. It, it ain't the same animal. So they may do it, but they don't do it as well. So I, I would expect us to still be able to get the ball downfield uh, in zone coverage. Um, the the you know it does kind of take away a little bit of the big play, but I've seen them give up some big plays this year in that zone defense. So I um I, I I look at the matchup on paper and and I do like it better than the two lane matchup, but I, I do keep just scratching my head as to why we're five point favorites. But again, I go back to it and I've always been told, you know, when when a line doesn't make sense to you, don't touch it because they're probably gonna cover. Yeah, this this matchup I do believe that I do. We believe. I do believe we win this game, and we're going to go to four and three, and uh, we'll breathe a sigh of relief um, when it's all said and done. And I also say, uh, fans show up. If you're a real fan, show up yep. on Saturday. If you're a season ticket holder, sometimes, hey, there's times we can't make the game. That's fine. We understand that. But we're talking I about made one this year. Well, Saturday will be a great time, brother. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, and um, I really believe with the with the passing game of Aylers, we got way too many guys. We that, that's another reason why the fan base 
I would say is frustrated. We've got way too many weapons on offense. The defense is going to be fine. I think the defense will be fine on Saturday night. The question will be, will the offense step up to rise to the occasion? When you know, you look at all the wide receivers we have, and I know we're banged up at running back, um, but Chuck asked about uh, Marlon. Marlon Gunn coach said um, he actually practiced on Sunday, and I think he practiced again today. Marlon Gunn is fine. Uh, you feel like uh, Keaton will be okay. Uh, what is Jalen Johnson's back injury, guys? Do we know? No, they're not going to. They're not going to tell us whether they, they're not going to tell us if he's coming back. Um, yeah, but do we know what it is? Is it another hip pointer? Is he having back spasms? Um, it said probably, back. Yeah. The only thing I've yeah, seen is lower back back tightness. I know. I know. I saw, but I'll tell you guys. I don't know if you've ever had a back injury to a low back, but it's debilitating. When you injure the low back, there's not much you can do. Stretch, stretch, um, so, stretch, 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 and stretch some more. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you're just very limited. So Good hopefully, hopefully, can. it's nothing along the lines of like a bulging disc or a herniation or anything like that, because that's that's the type of thing where you know typically requires surgery. Um, well, yeah. Well, hopefully that you know that that's the, that's the thing is that. Um, we got to find a way on Saturday. Like I said, we got to find a way to get these weapons. And I think we have, uh, you know, throw the deep ball. You know, coach was talking about the deep balls. Well, guess what? I think we're going to have opportunities again. And there seems to be uh, all the games. There are a lot of the games. There's uh, when we're talking about Ryan Jones, make some passes right there for him in the middle. I mean, there's passes that that seems that middle of the field seems to be open. Um, you look at all the, Look at Winstead, you know, C.J. Johnson. We, I'm not, we're not sure we just talked about Jalen Johnson, but there's enough wide receivers, tight ends that we, we have that uh, the running game, uh, I don't know. To me, uh, I'm hoping that we won't be stubborn and play conservative and try to run the clock, you know, so much. Um, no, well, we're not going to be able to. It's not too lame, okay? This is, no, this no. is Memphis is going to score. Uh, I do think our defense – We'll do a nice job, but Memphis is going to score points, so you're going to have to answer them. Um, so, no, I, I expect this. I expect this to be as aggressive as we need to be offensively. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I would like to see, you know, I'd like to see Holton come out and hopefully a better result. But you all know, remember that Tulsa game in 2020. I'd like to see Holton come out and oh, have a yeah. game like he did that night against Tulsa, um, just with the right result. Um, that was and, after and, the Navy game, right? Correct, and I think. Uh, I don't know. I just got a good feeling about this Saturday. We'll, we'll, yeah, and that's just solely based on nothing but a feeling. So, um, we'll, as far we'll as running, as far as running the football, I mean, that's something else. And since you brought up Holton as well, um, Holton was talking about, um, or Win talking about the Memphis defense. He said their defensive line is, uh, you know, some pretty 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 large humans uh, on their defensive line. Uh, they they are. Allowing just 100, 110 yards per game on the ground, which ranks 25th nationally, you know, compared to the Pirates, uh, 29th nationally, 114 yards per game. So, two very good run defenses. So, um, both both teams have been susceptible uh, to the pass, uh, as we know, um, you know, specifically with the Pirates, and then just what the numbers have shown and what we've seen in some of the the games we've been able to watch with Memphis. So, um. Take I think we can run on them, guys. I really do. I don't think their run defense is as good as the numbers show. I'm I'm waiting, and I was going to say this. Um, we had a question about what we we talked about Marlon Gunn. 
I think Marlon Gunn's the kind of guy that can break one. Um, you know, especially special teams. Uh, guys, uh, one of the things I want to mention, that run that he had, what was it about to the 40-yard line? Do you remember that? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Gunn, Gunn's going to have to produce. But I'll tell you this, uh, you know, our, our, our star running back, um, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, help me Keith out, guys. Mitchell. Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, you know, he had some injuries. He, he did all right against Tulane, but Keen had had a big. He hadn't had a big game in a few weeks. He hadn't broke one. Um, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, you know, you're not going to keep Keaton too many games in a row without breaking a big one. So uh, and keep that about, in mind Saturday night. And you could Lee Fleming you, with him. What about Fleming as a part as uh, punt returns? He's uh, he's one to look out for. Certainly like to see more plays out of the special teams. I mean, he had that big punt return down in South Florida. But, you know, I got to tell you, I've been very – I think he's done a nice job back there. He's been very shorthanded. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, very shorthanded. He's done a nice job on that punt return unit. But getting back to Keaton really quick, you could tell he wasn't quite right last weekend against Tulane because he – typically he will plant his feet, cut, and get north, as they say, north and south. He was running a lot more – um, sideline to sideline, you could tell he was trying to avoid those big hits. He didn't look quite right to me. He's going to have another week now of you know rehab to kind of get his body right, get that hit pointer back on track. So hopefully he's you know in much better condition this week and 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 ready to have a big game because we're going to need him. We're going to need him to pop you know a few long runs to win this. I don't know what Memphis's injury situation is, but I did hear Mike Houston. You know he, when he was asked about the running back room. Uh, he said, "You know, we're banged up, bumps and bruises." He said, "But so's Memphis." So, uh, I, I, uh, I, does anybody know? Is there a good injury report on Memphis? Is there perhaps some news that is being hidden uh, based on the spread and and Mike Houston's little comment there that uh, we don't know? Is somebody key injured for Memphis that maybe we're not aware of? I haven't heard anything, guys. I'm not yeah, sure. I haven't heard anything. But um... did y'all pick up? Did you pick up on that comment, Bubba, today? Yeah. So it kind of makes me wonder, particularly with that line continually moving in our favor, it kind of makes me wonder, is there somebody injured that we don't realize for the Tigers? I do know something um, that Memphis head coach Ryan Silverfield um, you know, expressed you know, some concern with and something that he said that he and the staff and obviously the guys on the offensive side are trying to uh, get corrected is you look at Memphis, 26 out of 27 in the red zone, but uh, but they've had to kick a lot of field goals in the red zone, mm-hmm. just like we did against Memphis last year. So out of their 26 scores, 17 are touchdowns. So they having to settle for a lot of short field goals, that's a concern. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and they do have a very solid kicking game. Um, Chris Howard, their, their place kicker, 11 for 11, mm-hmm. uh, 20, 21 mm-hmm. out of 22 on PATs. And he's he's um, got a long of forty seven. Yeah, and I pointed that out earlier in the show as we opened it, Bubba. That yeah. they will not go forward on fourth down a lot, but because their kicker is so reliable. Um, so I'm 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 hoping uh, our defense is pretty good in the red zone. Um, so uh, it's not very good in the red zone. So uh, I hope we hold them to a lot of field goals and we can go down and score touchdowns. If you can do that, you're going to win football game. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that very thing. Is that sounds familiar in recent times? That very thing with ECU. Um, and in fact, uh, 
guys, once we get down, as far as the defense is concerned for the Pirates, uh, we, we also could see where, look how many goal line stances we have this year. And that's another thing. If they struggle, man, we get the ball back and we score. Yeah, And, and that could be what Vegas is seeing, uh, the fact that they struggle in the red zone uh, to score touchdowns. They do kick a lot of field goals, and uh, that that could be what Vegas is seeing. You know, yeah, and it's and I'll tell you guys. Conversely, you know, you mentioned the, the kicker for Memphis. It's going to be really interesting to see how Mike Houston and Donnie call this game. Don the kicker field goal. When we get down inside the forty, I mean, I'll tell you guys, I, I it, it's it's just one of those things you have to call plays very differently when you don't have a reliable kicker and. It's gonna. I think it's gonna really change the way they call this game. I, I I really hope that we don't just willingly settle for field goals. I don't think we will. You know, and if we do, to your point, I, I one of you guys mentioned this the other night. Might have been you, Kyle. If we're gonna go kick a field goal, put the damn ball in between the hashes, right in the middle <laughs> yes. of the field, and set it up. Because right now we have a kicker who's just not right uh, mentally. And that's something I agree. I'm like. On the whole, I don't think we've done that this year as far as a willingness to settle for field goals. It's just yeah. a couple of situations like the end of the Navy game and the end of the NC State game where you really had a chance, you had some momentum, and it was almost, you know, we are just – it seemed as though, um, from my perspective, that we were afraid of making a mistake instead of, uh, you know, capitalizing on the, the field yeah. position that we have and trying to put the ball in the end zone. Then, hey, you know – I'm not saying doing anything extremely high risk, but um, you know, call you have a veteran quarterback, and he hasn't proved he can perform in those situations this year, Bubba. I think he can. I, I, I think, think he can too, but he hasn't done it this year. He did it last year, but he hasn't done it this year, so he needs to prove that again too. Um, I, I, I will caution this, and I would say yes, don't don't try a, four, a 45 yarder. But I'll caution this, and I'll reference the Florida State-NC State game. Florida State, very similar situation. Uh, they had it around the 18, 20, something like that, 25. It was it was where they could have got it with, to a short field goal lined up middle of the field, and they were aggressive and went for the, and, and threw to the end zone for a pick, and that's why NC State hung on to one. So I would caution that. Um, what, what I would do in those situations, in that situation, if we had a chance to kick a game winner, um, I would be somewhat aggressive, but I also would be sending it up in the middle of the field. So that way, when we do kick it, it's, he's just got to go hit it. He doesn't have to think about it. In fact, close your eyes, Owen, and just go hit the ball. Yeah, I think, I think you know, and that's the thing. Um, people always say about, you know, earlier uh, Jimmy Evans on YouTube said, Ben Owen. Okay, so you bench Owen. Who do you have behind Owen? And we're talking about Mason and playing Mason. That's fine and dandy, but the reality is the coaches are putting out the the guys are putting out the best people they can put out. I I I, you know I know that our our the guy who's supposed to be our best other kicker is injured. Uh, We have other kickers on the roster. I'd be perfectly willing to try one of them in the game. I don't care who's performing better at practice because Owen is not performing under the lights. So I, I have no problem with trying another kicker. Uh. Putting in Mason Garcia, I, I would ask Jimmy or, or or was that his name, Jimmy? I would ask Jimmy, yeah. what in the hell has Mason Garcia showed that makes you think he can outperform Holt Nailers? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm not what? putting down Mason. Right. What has he, he shown? 
nothing. He, when I see Mason Garcia out there, I see a hell of an athlete that don't know how to make reads. He he, he he cannot make reads yet, and hopefully he'll get there. But I haven't seen the ability. You know, quite honestly, he hasn't been given much opportunity to. But when I have seen him in the game try to make reads, he does not look like he does it very well. He looks like he gets confused very easy. So, no, the answer is not put in Mason Garcia. If you want to have a package for Mason Garcia, okay. But put Mason in over Holton, that's, that's a surefire way to guarantee a loss Saturday night. Yeah, and that's and part of the reason uh, you, you're not seeing a, a package is because of the the four game rule, and, and I guess what at this point uh, Mason played against Campbell, and did, did did he? I think that was it. Or did uh, he play yeah, an old? Did he play? Correct. Did he play a little in Old Dominion? He's, I think he's playing one game and not two. Game, but, but I think I think he still has three three to use. But I'd have to double check that. But That's correct. So. Uh, something else to keep an eye on, uh, Memphis, um, they're plus nine in the turnover battle. They forced 13 and only committed four. And, um, I mentioned earlier that Seth Hennigan's only thrown one pick, and they that means obviously they fumbled three times or lost three fumbles. They've, I think they fumbled eight times but only lost three, so maybe they'll put the ball on the ground some this week and actually lose it um, yep. since, they, since they've, since they've uh, been able to recover over half of the ones they've put on the ground thus far. But uh, that's another area to keep an eye on uh, because uh, and just just obviously uh, they do a tremendous job of forcing turnovers, specifically uh, intercepting a lot of passes. They've they've uh, picked off nine passes, and uh, Quindale Johnson uh, leads them. Uh, he's their redshirt senior safety. Uh, he has three picks, and then um, they're led in tackles by Zay Cullens with forty seven, and he also has two interceptions. Yeah, and so you, you, you look at a lot of these things, and I keep going back. Again, when you say that, Bubba, I keep going back. Why are we five point favorites? That, that's a good question. I mean, they're. Um, by the way, guys, as far as the turnover ratio, they're plus nine right now. So, um, I yeah, Bubba just so. said that. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they, they force a lot of turnovers and, um, I, uh, I, I, it's like I say, there's so many things that you look at and, um, and I really believe we're going to win this game, but I, I just keep wondering why we're five point favorites. I'd, I'd really, I really would like to talk to somebody who really is a, a good odds maker in, in, in Vegas and talk to him about this game. Uh, can we get anybody on? Sure. And, and something else, um, Statistically, you know, uh, Memphis, their defense has only generated eight sacks, which is a pretty low number uh, for halfway through the season. Ooh. And uh, and and then, meanwhile, the opposition has sacked Seth Hennigan nineteen times. So, and mm-hmm. and we're coming off a game in which we sacked Michael Pratt five times. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get that same type of pressure. And you know, and uh, maybe even more pressure on Hennigan. And Hennigan, uh, like I mentioned earlier, does have good legs, uh, and, and can make make you um, pay with his feet uh, if if you're not, uh, you know, under control when you rush him. But uh, hopefully, the Pirates will be able to get similar pressure as other Memphis opponents have. Yes, I think we'll be able to. Uh, they they really haven't faced a lot of good defenses. Uh, Navy's a good defense. Navy's defense has gotten better since that game. 
Uh, Houston's defense is mediocre. Um, but besides that, uh, they haven't faced a lot of good defenses, maybe Ole Miss. But uh, they have a lot of points to Texas State, or excuse me, to North Texas and Arkansas State. Um, I um, That's another thing I mentioned before about the crowd can make a difference. Uh, we need to be loud as we're trying to get pressure on that kid. This is a game that I think the fans could really motivate the defense, get that quarterback's head, and uh, help, help the defense get him on the ground some. Absolutely, and uh, you know, Chuck on YouTube is asking about Josiah Hatfield. Uh, Josiah, <clears throat> going back to the, uh, I guess, what Campbell game, you know, he he had to miss NC State and then Old Dominion because of suspension. We got the ball in his hands uh, a few times against Campbell um, without a whole lot of production on uh, end arounds and reverses, but uh, I, I think maybe he. <laughs> And he, as has often been the case, was battling some injuries um, right after that. And then he was back um, against Tulane in a limited role. And I, I was going back and, and checking the play count um, via Hoist of Colors. And I think Josiah Hatfield, he played three snaps offensively in that game uh, down in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I – um... It's going to be interesting to me to see if if uh, if uh, Jalen Johnson can't go uh, again. I don't I don't see us doing too tight end thing the whole game again. Uh, I you know will we will we you know play somebody else more in the slot? Um, will we put King out wide and you know put CJ back in the slot? Will we do some of both? I think it's probably the answer. But we we can't. I do think again that two tight end sick can have success against. Uh, Memphis, but we can't do that all game. We had a question at the very beginning of the show that I wanted to circle back to. Uh, so why no tempo offense from the Pirates? And that's something we've discussed. Um, obviously, um, skill-wise, we don't play a, a lot of guys at receiver, so that could potentially have something to do with it. I would say the biggest thing is probably just uh, you know philosophy uh, more so, but uh, I would say the personnel probably plays a role but that's something, when, you know, we used it at the end of the half against South Florida. It was successful, and obviously the, the situation in the game dictated it. But uh, Houston was very successful with their up-tempo offense against Memphis late in that game. And I'd like to see us use it as a change-up, you know, just for a possession or two at least. And then, hey, if you have success with it, then use it some more. But uh, why not uh, you know, use some use some tempo? and you know, keep them in more basic looks and, you know, give the ball to Keaton Mitchell in a, a variety of ways in a very quick uh, amount of time, you know, and maybe he bust one. Or, 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 you know, you, you hand it to Keaton one time and he hits a big one or, you know, at least a solid gain. And then you come back a few a couple plays later uh, when you're going tempo, fake it to him and hit him over the top. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd like to see us go tempo. I, I think um, the offense in recent weeks, except for the South Florida game, uh, instead of up tempo, could be called Ford tempo. Well, as far as as far as our uh, tempo, right, let, me, let me tell you something. If anybody remembers the Ford tempo, <laughs> Dave got it. That's the biggest piece of crap ever made. Yeah, I didn't get the I reference. Thought about that car in years. Oh my God, Kyle! I was trying to forget that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the reference, but uh, you know, 
while we're on that topic of tempo, that's something that uh, I know, you know, Stephen, I go with Hoist the Colors, had referenced the, the statistic there um, just as far as we were one of the you know, slowest offenses nationally. And, and that's something that uh, I, I think that, you know, in spots, it's not something we're going to do consistently, obviously, but I wish we would use it here and there because I think it would be advantageous. Well, yeah, no doubt. And especially when you play these teams with – I mean, I think it's a really good point. You play these teams that have a lot of pre-snap movement. They're trying to disguise everything. You can combat that with up-tempo. You start to dictate the pace. And I'm a big fan of it. You know, just playing against it, it can really – it can really cause a lot of chaos in your defense, especially if you use it as a changeup, like you were saying, Bubba. It's almost like like a pitcher in baseball, you know, breaking ball, breaking ball, and then you come back with, you know, your fastball and, and you freeze batters. And um, it's it's very similar in football when you use it as a changeup. And I don't think it's something we do quite enough, especially when you're struggling on offense. If you have two or three straight series where – you know, you're not really getting – you're not really moving the ball. Maybe you're three and out. That's a great time to come back with up-tempo and try to change up the game a little bit. And I, I would I, – I am a huge fan of up-tempo football, and um, I would love to see it more. And I don't understand why we don't play more receivers. That That's another yeah, question awesome. I have. We have depth at receiver. It just – you know, I, I just some of these things, uh, you know, confuse me. And it's hurting us right now that the fact that we hadn't played King more or uh, or somebody more right now, and clearly nobody they don't think anybody's ready or they didn't this past week to replace Jalen Johnson, and uh, so uh, that's the problem. And uh, that cannot be the case going forward. You you got to put somebody out there, and uh, I think King as a freshman, uh, when he's seen the field, has shown some ability. He's been catching balls. Yeah, it certainly shows you you know how desperate we were. Uh... As far as <clears throat> using the transfer portal to uh, to get Zay Winstead and then Jalen Johnson, obviously Jarrett Garner as well, uh, you know, who we've only seen a handful of plays thus far, but you know, <laughs> man, uh, you know, yeah, I don't even want to think so, about it, Bubba. Yeah, so so glad that we got Winstead and Johnson uh, from the portal, but um, I know Houston's tight end Trey Hand had a pretty solid game i think something like five catches for 75 yards against memphis last year ryan jones had a solid game against the tigers so uh, it would not surprise me to see uh, jones and calhoun have another solid outing this week as well I, what it, they had seven or eight catches against tulane at least and then um, the previous week down in boca raton had 11 or 12 catches against the bulls yeah, I challenge Ryan Jones to have his biggest game as a Pirate this week. I, I challenge him personally. Ryan used to be part of the sports objective. Uh, you see, I don't know if you still watch us, but uh, I'm challenging you personally. Uh, Kyle from LaGrange, it doesn't mean, it really mean a damn nothing to you, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm challenging you personally to have your it best game. means a lot to us, Kyle. Do what? It means a lot, a lot to us, Kyle from LaGrange. Well, I'm just telling you, Ryan, I'm challenging you as a man to have your best game as a pirate this week. I believe you can do it. I believe you can go catch five damn touchdown passes against Memphis this weekend. <laughs> Hello. Some other notes about the special teams battle. Um, we, we talked about 
Memphis obviously having a, an extreme, extreme uh, advantage in in the uh, PAT field goal department. Um, Chris Howard, 11 for 11. Um, but also their punter, Joe Doyle, um, on 27 punts, he's averaging, get this guy's 48.6 yards per punt. And uh, obviously the last couple weeks, Luke Larson has been much better. I think he averaged 42 and a half or 43 against Tulane. But um, the Tigers will have the edge um, in, in the punting battle as well. Uh, averaging nearly 49 yards per punt, um, and and had a, he has a long of 64. And then, well, I uh, hope we see him a lot. It, yeah, let's hope we see him a lot. And then also um, one of their weaknesses in special teams, our kick coverage has been pretty good. Uh, and then Memphis's kick coverage—that's something that Ryan Silverfield expressed a concern with uh, opponents. I don't think they've returned any for touchdowns, but uh, opponents are averaging about 26 and a half yards per kickoff return. Uh, they do have, uh, out of their 40 kickoffs, 15 have been touchbacks. But um, on those 25 that they've had to tackle someone, they've they've struggled. And uh, so that's something, obviously, I don't expect to see Keaton back there. We shall see. Um Last week we saw Marlon Gunn, but now um, you know Marlon will be coming off of the quad injury, uh, hopefully, and um, be able to see significant action at running back. So it'll be interesting to see if we see you know Josiah Hatfield or I, mean, I know C.J. Johnson's been back there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who's returning kickoffs this week. Yeah, uh, good, good point. You would think Gunn Gunn. Uh... You know, with a quad injury, you would see him returning kicks. Um, I, 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 it's a good question. You know, I, I will say this: uh, you, you don't want to get, um, you don't want to get um, Keaton banged up anymore. But if they're susceptible to giving up big plays in the uh, kick return game, uh, you might want to put him back there a couple times. I like to see, uh, I like to see Malik Fleming back there. The way he's. It's um, much easier to, to catch a kickoff, obviously, than it is t- to catch a punt. So yep. with, with, his, with his ability and what we saw him nearly taking one to the house down uh, against South Florida, I'd like to see Malik Fleming uh, get a, a couple or a few open field touches back there. And you may. You, you may very well see that this week. I'll tell you guys, you know, Hatfield's a guy that – tremendous talent. A lot of speed. He's never really been able to get on track here, for 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 whatever reason, whether it's injuries, um, you know, personal things. He really, it's a shame. I mean, he's done absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's a senior. It's time too. for him. It's time for Hatfield. It, it's really now or never, in my opinion. It's time to step up, and we need his his speed on the field, and. Um, you know, it's been, I, I would just say of all everybody on the team in terms of disappointing seasons, th- this has been um, obviously a, a terrible season for him. Do yeah, you challenge him to have five touchdowns this week, uh, Matt? I'm issuing a challenge. No, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, it, it's, hey, it, I mean, it's time. It's time to step up. Um, you know, we're six games into the season, and, you know, there haven't been any big plays out of him or really any plays at all. So uh, hopefully we see something this weekend. Yeah, that's no doubt about it because he actually is uh, one that I put up there responding to Thick Poppy that um, 
on YouTube, the very fact of to me, Hatfield is Thick the poppy. Thick poppy, yeah. Thick poppy. <laughs> he wasn't talking about you, Kyle. Uh, uh, are you sure? <laughs> no, you're big poppy. Um, but anyway, so okay. Hatfield, what? But okay. Um, Hatfield, guys, to me, is the X factor. I think he has, uh, Matt, you're exactly right. I really was hoping to see, going into the season, uh, he's won with his speed. I thought we'd see a little bit more. I know with the academic troubles, with the the banging. The uh, the banging? Uh. The nagging, no, I was going to use the wrong one. The <laughs> nagging injuries um, that he's had so far. But you're exactly right. Now is, uh, now is the time to do it because uh, – we're in the second half of the season. He's a guy, he's the kind of guy that can make a huge difference. And all of a sudden you're talking about speed. I haven't seen him do things. anything. What? I haven't seen him do anything. I'm not going to make any kind of he, difference. He has the potential this year to have a breakout year, even in the second half. Well, prove it. Prove it, Hatfield. If you get the opportunity this Saturday, I prove you can do something because I haven't seen him do anything. Uh, I agree. I agree. It's 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 time to put up or shut up, guys. That that's really that's the way I feel about you know when I look at this team right now, um, it's time to win, and that's that's really what it comes down to. No, no doubt. I uh, I think this is as close to a must win as uh, you can possibly have. Um, you know, I, I hate saying must wins, but uh, to me. Um, this is pretty damn close to it. Yeah, you look at it, um, taking a look uh, rather at the large, the big picture as far as the league standings. You have Cincinnati five and one, two and zero. Tulane five and one, two and zero. UCF four and one, one and zero. They have Temple this week, so you and, and that game's in Orlando. And obviously, no matter where it is, you certainly expect. UCF to get to five and one, two and zero, oh, uh, with them coming to Greenville next week. So um, these next two, if you're able to uh, pick up a couple of huge wins at home, get to five and three, and um, and back above five hundred in the conference, head to BYU. You uh, you know you have a lot of momentum, and uh, we we can certainly uh, beat BYU. And what a what a nice. Out of conference win that would be uh, to to have the chance to to get to bowl eligibility. And and look at it from this perspective too, guys. If you're able to win this game against Memphis this week, how how well does that? To your point, how well does that set you up for next Saturday against UCF in Greenville? Um, you know, but if you drop this game at home. Like you said, from a momentum perspective, how bad is that going to hurt your crowd um, and, and have a negative impact? So it, it is just for all these reasons we've talked about a massive game. And, yeah. um, you know, we just got to get it done. And that very fact of why not play this, like I was saying, it, it's pretty much uh, I mentioned this in the playback, guys. And I know, Kyle, we were talking about it, but pretty much every game now is like a playoff game. It is a no doubt about it. It is literally, in a, every sense of the word, a bowl game. If you look at Memphis, UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, I mean, you, you know, you, the the only game that maybe you could see a letdown type of game where um, 
would be rough would be at Temple. No, 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 no. That game could we could be playing in that game to get into a bowl. So uh, we better not be letting anything down in that game. No, I agree. I'm just saying that that's one. The every my point is every single one of the games are going to be tight games. Uh, can go either way, and uh, the the Temple game is one that we should win handily. But the rest of them, there's no give me game. So when yeah. I see comments about, well, the reason I'm bringing that up is when I see comments about. Um, you look at Tulane, like Tulane, again, I don't know what's up with our fan base thinking Tulane is like nothing when the reality is. What comment are you referring to? We had a gentleman earlier that said uh, that it was only 8,000 people. Uh, I think, and uh, we could, like, in other words, we couldn't beat Tulane and there's only, eight, it doesn't matter. Well, how I mean, I look, are. hey, sometimes that's a tougher environment to play in. Uh, a quiet stadium, Mac can attest to this, I'm sure, from some of the Conference USA venues back in the day. Uh, Cincinnati, for example, back back in the day, back when fans didn't show up at Nippert. Uh, sometimes the Nippy Stadium's a tough atmosphere, and I agree. Eight thousand people is a piss poor crowd and a piss poor atmosphere, uh, particularly for a football team as quality as Tulane is. But uh, I, that has, you know, that has nothing to do with how good Tulane is. Um, uh, it, it's embarrassing. I would be embarrassed if I was Tulane that I had that good of a football team and only eight thousand fans show, show up, but. Um, that has nothing to do with uh, how how quality of a football program they are this year. Yeah, I wish I wish they uh, had the opportunity to play LSU because um, they may certainly have the best team in Louisiana. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but uh, don't just because the names is Tulane doesn't mean that they're a a bad football team and we we didn't play well against them and all that and. We played down to them. No, Tulane is a good football program. And I think uh, when you look at the rest of the way, guys, uh, my point being, every single team we're going to be playing except for Temple. So five out of six teams are good teams. So Yeah, and, and Temple's got a good defense, and that's going to be Thanksgiving weekend, and it's going to be cold probably or Norwich oh, City yeah. in, in Philadelphia on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even say that's an easy one either. I don't think it's an easy game on the rest of the schedule. I think every game from here on out is a tough ball game. And what we got to do is make sure when they see East Carolina coming up on the schedule, they're saying the same thing. It's going to be a tough ball game. Yeah, the games that are taking place this week, I, I referenced that Temple at UCF on the night to 23-point favorite. <laughs> the over-under is just 46 in that one Ooh. because they're they're obviously uh, you know expecting – UCF to score the majority of the points with, like Kyle said, uh, Temple's offense has had its struggles uh, for sure. Uh, but then you have Navy. Um, Navy's coming off a, a thrashing of Tulsa where they rolled up, I think, over 450 rushing yards, and they are traveling to Dallas. And this line surprises me a bit. Uh, SMU minus 13. I think I would take the plus 13 all day long in that one. Uh, we, we, yeah, shall, we, we shall see. That's at 7.30 on Friday night. And uh, the obviously the two games on Saturday, and the Pirates taking on Memphis, and then Tulane, a 12-point favorite uh, in Tampa against South Florida at 4 o'clock. That's the only American games this week? Yeah, those four, those four games. Wow. Very, uh, very um, quiet slate of games in the conference this week. Um, a lot of teams with the week off, but uh, obviously, you know, once you get in conference play, the sheer games anyway, because you're playing each other. 
But um, still, seems like four games is a very, very uh, light conference slate. I don't know. Uh, Andy Evans chimes in on YouTube saying we're ranked 118th in the country. Memphis is 660th. I don't know what you're looking at. I, I'm guessing just because of who our wins have come against. Um, well, but, where, where are you getting that from, Andy? Yeah, uh, where, where's that coming from? Because I've never seen that. We're, we're certainly uh, not nowhere near uh, that as far as the quality of our, our football team. Now, are there things that we need to have answered pretty quick like and uh, addressed? Absolutely. But uh, there's – I mean, we're – I would say – you know, much more. Well, I would, the, I would tell you this, Andy. Uh, Vegas, mid, middle uh, of the pack. Yeah, like 60s. Like 50s, 60s. Vegas, yeah. Vegas, wherever you're seeing that, Vegas doesn't take too much into it because we're five-point favorites this week. So, uh, Vegas thinks uh, if we whatever is complete garbage. And, and I, know you, I, know you, I know you can find all you – know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're looking at the RPI somewhere, or, you know, what, what ranking. Yeah, but uh, who, who did the uh, ranking? I mean, who, no, that's who what I'm saying. That? I, I don't CBS, I'm trying to find out which specific CBS. ranking this is, but I don't. It, it's kind of really bullshit CBS ranking. <laughs> okay. He says, no, he's wrong that we're 79th. But Okay. Well, great. We're 79th or 60th. Who gives a crap? Vegas says we're five point favorites. Exactly. Um, <laughs> who cares? I mean, it's, you know, uh, uh, what does it matter? I mean, what, what, what does that matter? We're 79th and they're 60th. I mean, uh, who 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 cares? I mean, uh, y'all remember the Harmon forecast? Harmon forecast used to be one of the few things that I held, that 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 I gave any validity to, and it went yeah. away. I don't know why it went away. I, I wish that still existed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there, but I do know that the, uh, I do know that all that matters is wins and losses, and so. We win that game on Saturday night about eleven o'clock or so. We're going to be that, and again, going back to what we're talking oh, we about, we might be up. To, we might be up to, if we went. If we beat Memphis, we might be up to sixty-nine. <laughs> I mean, exactly. At what point, you know, we were um, and Andy uh, under Mo, we were one hundred thirtieth out of one hundred thirtieth. So, I mean, you know, that that's the one that we that we we're way better than than the Mo uh, days. I, I, if we're the seventy-nine, look. Maybe we've played like the 79th best team in the country at times this year. But if we're the 79th best team in the country, uh, I'll kiss your ass. And I, I don't kiss too many people's asses. Um, there, there's If there are 78 football teams better than us, I mean, come, give me a break. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I'm not worried. I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about that at all. All I care about is winning this game. And, again, we need people there. Um, I want the place rocking. I want the place really loud. A whole bunch of alcohol. Drink. A, uh, Matt Simmons is going to be there, so drink a lot of alcohol. I'm sure he won't mind that. I, I, I have. I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I have. You know, maybe maybe somebody in there that's our sexy uniforms. I haven't seen one comment from one fan on our shows or hardly on Facebook that thinks we can win this football game. It, it is amazing to me yeah. that nobody thinks we can win this football game except the people out in Vegas. So um, maybe this week we are the Las Vegas Pirates um, because they're the only ones that have any confidence in us. So I love those uniforms, guys. By the way, I would I would I would use those as our permanent uniforms, and I think they would go well with our normal skull yeah. and crossbone purple helmet. I'd like to see that. I, I hope we do that at some point this year. 
uh, wear those uniforms with the with our normal purple skull and crossbone helmet. I think that would look good too. Yeah, I am really uh, psyched up for that. And you're right, Kyle. Um, our fan base. I'm sorry, but you need to have swagger. You need to uh, believe in this team. Uh, we're not in in the old days. In the last few years, we finally have a lot of talent. And putting together, maybe maybe you can argue uh, we've underachieved, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is we can win this game. We have a lot to cheer for. Yeah. Get your tickets, 1-800-DIAL-ECU or go to ecpirates.com. Be there. Be- Criticism, be, be critical, don't be negative. Uh, be, you, you be critical of the performance against Tulane. Don't be negative about the game coming up against Memphis because yeah. we, have the, we have the ability – to beat this Memphis team. We have talent, and I believe in the coaching staff to turn this thing around. Um, it's not yeah. like we don't have the talent. You you can't fix talent issues. If the talent ain't there, there's nothing you can do about it. Also, if the coaching ain't there, ain't nothing you can do about it. But I believe we have talent, and I believe most of this coaching staff can coach. So uh, I think we can fix our problems, and I think we can beat Memphis this week. Now, if we come out and lay an egg, play like crap against Memphis, I'll be the first to say I was wrong and um, be really concerned about the rest of the season. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we play well this Saturday night in Greenville. Let's uh, let's get it done. And you know, hey, we um, there's nothing we can do about the first half of the season. All we have is the second half. And like we said, the next few weeks, man, the rest of October, uh, if you could go two and one, three and zero, oh, oh my goodness, you know. So um, you could be bold. Hey, think about this, guys. Let's be positive. We still have a chance to be bowl eligible by Halloween. How about that? So. Possible, um, possibility. I, I it's doubtful, but it's a possibility. But hey, I believe in this program. You got a guy like Matt Simmons on our show. Let's have the swagger of the '90s. How about the swagger of the '90s? We did more with less. Um, we had a great coaching staff, great players like Simenza, and um, and we won a lot of games we shouldn't have, and um, we we won. And that's the thing is, we can win these games. Let's do it. Come on. Have some swagger, have some attitude. I miss that about this uh, fan base. I miss it. Um, I don't our know fan that. base is becoming a bunch of little whiny babies. I mean, I've yeah. never seen. We've had people complain about seven thirty kickoffs. Seven thirty kickoffs on national yeah. television. It's gonna be too late. You put out of town crowds. We're gonna be getting home at one o'clock in the morning. We'll get a hotel for an extra night. My God. It's a 7.30 kickoff the next two weeks on primetime television, and people bitch about that. My, I mean, put, you your pacifier, put your pacifier in your damn mouth and get a hotel room. <laughs> it's a perfect example. You can never make people happy. I mean, we have these 12 o'clock kickoffs, people bitch and complain. Yeah, then you always, exactly. you know, what, what, what does it come down to? We have to play at 3.30, Yeah, 3.30. Yeah, yeah, 6 o'clock is the latest. Uh, we can't do any later than that. Because we play at seven thirty, it's too late. I mean, it, it, give me a friggin' it's a Saturday night. He and Andy said, How about that, Kyle? We want to win. You stop whining. <laughs> I'm not whining, mother trucker. I, I you know, I, you're, you, uh, I, 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 I don't whine. I, I make points and I bitch. I don't whine. I make points and I bitch. <laughs> oh man, we gotta get. Yeah, there. I'm the whiner. Andy, I don't know who you are, but I'll slap the shit out of you. <laughs> Call me a whiner. Look, I'm dealing with cancer and a short temper. Don't, 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 don't tempt fate, boy. <laughs> how big a boy are you, Roy D. Mercer? I really don't care. I don't care how big a boy he is. <laughs> oh my god! This, this, 
this program. Look, look, I, I, I'm in the process of beating cold cancer. I ain't got no problem beating an Andy. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Um, you think you're in control of the show and then you, and then, then you're not. No, he wants, he wants to get me fired up. I'll get, I, I'll give him Kyle from the grain. I think he's doing it. Yeah. I, I think he's doing it on purpose. Oh, you're the whiner. Oh, I'm doing it on purpose too, Dave. I'm in complete control, baby. I'm not your boy. That's what he said. Andy said, I'm not your boy. Yeah, I'll make you my bitch. He said, I'm not scared, dude. Well, don't I don't expect you to be scared. You shouldn't be scared. I'm a fat ass legally blind mother trucker with cancer. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be scared of. Oh, and this is what's great about our fan base. They complain and then they want to and then what they want to do is uh, end fight that they would rather end fight than support the team and say, we're going to win this week. But at this point, Bubba's sitting there in the corner. This is why we can't have nice things. Bonesville is not going to put. <laughs> Sorry, Bubba. No, I'm actually, I'm just here. Uh... Oh, so professional. I never claimed to be a professional. I don't look. I don't. I don't give a good craps about what Andy's saying. I got more important things to worry about. I just love talking trash. So uh, you know, we, do what? I think he no, does. No, no, Andy's getting mad. No, Andy's getting mad. I can tell. He, you think Andy's getting mad? Oh, he's mad. He's mad. He's sitting there right now. He's he, he he's typing just as hard as he can. He he's 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 he's, <laughs> he's he's furious. He's furious. I bet you, Andy. I don't know who you are, man. You're a power to love you. Uh, but um, you he know, said, yeah. I don't give a crap either. He's not mad. He's not mad. Yeah, well, good. Well, all right, Andy. Well, let's, let's to, have a beer. Let's I have a beer. He's trying to get. I think what I think the problem is. I'll tell you guys. I've noticed this from. He says he's not mad. He's laughing. I think the problem is the fan base is mad because they used to have Kyle from Lagrange calling in Pirate Radio the fifth quarter going. Cecil, are you listening? And now they're getting the kinder, gentler Kyle. Well, I, you know what I'm. I, when there are things to to say so, yeah. When, 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 people, so. Need be, when people need to be <laughs> ran out of town, when, 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 when Cecil, when Cecil Staten and Jeff Comfer and Scotty Montgomery are the makeup of your 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 uh, your athletic department, your administration, and uh, you know, the, it's, it's time to be angry and get things done and run people out of town. But we ain't there right now. Right, we're, we're nowhere near there, and. Yeah. Um, when we get there, believe me, I, I'll, I'll be the most vocal about it, but I hope to God we don't get there. Um, no. And, uh, you know, when if that time comes, uh, you know, it'll be known. I have a point. Well, thank you, Robert. I don't know what the point is, but I'm, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. I do have one. Kyle, can I get a Cecil? Uh, Cecil, are you listening? I can guarantee you he's not listening. He didn't listen when he was here. He didn't that's pay attention to anything. Hey, that's the problem. He didn't listen. Exactly, Kyle. He didn't listen to a thing, and that's why we don't have Virginia Tech on our schedule because he said, remember, sue me. Sue. Well, yes, sue me. Yeah, he's uh, Cecil Staten. I mean, my, I hate, you hate to rehab stuff that don't matter at this point, but what a what a complete clown hey, who did not deserve that's to time, be That's the time that we that had will to be. always be a classic. That will always <laughs> What in the world? That's Johnny. Johnny. Uh, I thought it was Johnny Gardner. Are we just getting <laughs> random Johnny Gardner audio popping up? Johnny. Johnny. Because said, of the topic of conversation, that called that will always be a classic. Yeah, the Cecil, are you with us? Yeah, so we're just random yeah. Johnny Gardner. Johnny Gardner makes a cameo on the uh, on the uh, sports objective. Johnny's the best man. Johnny's so cool. And Robert said we're turning into a wine and cheese crowd. 
Who, uh, oh, our fan base. Yeah, fan yeah, base I agree base. with you, Robert. I, you know, we, we, we. Um, I don't get it. I, I don't get the, the complaining about a seven thirty kickoff. It is, it is utterly ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. I, uh, I don't know why I keep complaining about a Saturday night seven thirty kickoff. Look, and, yeah, and Matt was saying that too. We were under Mo. We played how many noon games because we were horrible. Oh, and, yeah. now, and now we're playing seven thirty games, which means we're competitive. We have a chance to win to win games. Well, I wonder how much Florida State. Excuse me. I wonder how much NC State complained about playing Florida State at eight o'clock prime time last week in Raleigh. Zero. No, exactly zero. So um, the best thing you could do is if you, you're worried about. That start time, just don't come to the game. I mean, no, 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 get a hotel room. They sell them. They I know that, them. but I know just that. Get a hotel room in yeah, Greenville. Let's... Greenville sold out. Stay in Wilson, Goldsboro, Kinston. Yep. I mean, they'll sell you a hotel room. All right. So, now, Dave, very quickly before we, yeah, we get out of here, because um, we need to wrap this up, but uh, we appreciate you tuning in, Andy. And uh, Andy asked as far as pirate basketball and uh, how's the team looking? Does anyone know? Uh, it, it is the great unknown. Now, uh, I, I really like uh, what I know about Mike Schwartz and you know the staff he's assembled and a lot of the young pieces he's brought into this program. But um, this is a team that lost, you know, somewhere between eighty and ninety percent of its scoring, something like that. You, know, you think about losing guys like Vance Jackson, Tristan Newton, Brandon Suggs, uh, so yeah. much production. Uh, so um, I, I think this year. It's going to uh, – we're going to take our lumps probably. I mean, we, I mean, we shall see, but I think we'll take our lumps. But I think the future as a whole is promising under Schwartz and staff. And like I've said – And uh, so where, did, where did Coach um, Schwartz come from? He was an assistant to Rick Barnes at Tennessee, and, you know, he was given a lot of credit for, uh, you know, coordinating the Vols in uh, their excellent defense. Yeah, he's very good. He's a, uh, and um, Andy, I was there at the first practice. I really liked how, just like Dooley did too, he's a great teacher of the game. He had a lot of passion, a lot of energy on the court uh, with the players. He doesn't, um, by the way, he doesn't cuss at all. Um, he told the players that. So um, that's one thing he's not going to do. Um, he doesn't see uh, the value in that as far as uh, making the players better. Um, wow, I can disagree with him on that. But, but Andy, uh, just stay tuned. Um, uh, I know you're probably already subscribed on YouTube, but if you're not, uh, go ahead and click that subscribe button because we'll have plenty of content headed your way in the coming days about Pirate Basketball. Uh, we did an interview with Cy Seymour uh, in the last week or two, so go and check that out on YouTube. Um, but We'll have media day, so a lot of um, conversations with coaches and players headed your way, uh, so stay tuned for those. But yeah, um, Thanks, and Kyle, I was getting you fired up, and he enjoyed the show, so thank you, Andy, very much. And thank, I enjoy. I missed the fired up Kyle. Thank you, Andy, for bringing Kyle from the green. Oh, yeah, I was I, no, I was, I was, I was under control on fire. That was, uh, that was, that was me cutting wrestling promos, but, uh, uh, I don't. As far as basketball goes, uh, I, I don't. I have no idea. Y'all can, you know. I, I I hope we're good. Um, I, I will say this, Bubba. You mentioned about our scoring, um, being uh being taken away, not having uh. Appreciate you enjoying the show, Andy. Um, but uh, 
it, it at least forces a defensive-minded coach. So uh, maybe we win some low-scoring, hard-nosed, hard-hitting defensive-style ball games. Uh, we'll see. Hard hitting, I like that. Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Let's bring it to Minji's Coliseum. Exactly. Hey, hard hitting. That's right. Hard hitting. Hey, look, you know what? That shows you how big a basketball fan I am. Uh, let's wrap things up here, guys. Uh, before we go, I want to remind uh, fans about our great uh, thanks to our uh, response to the nightly programming we've had here, daily program, if you will, Bubba. Um, absolute empowerment. Uh, I appreciate. Uh, coach Jeff Connors a lot, the former strength and conditioning coach, the Hall of Famer. And he has that show on Monday nights. We have on Tuesday nights, uh, as you know, right now, the Pirate Preview. Wednesday, tomorrow night, uh, we have the Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young and Sonny and Semenza. And that'll be great. And then on Thursday uh, nights, of course, the Inside Slants. And that's the weekly college football preview. Friday, Bubba does a great job. He gets a, a Pirate. Uh, might be a fan, it might be a student, whatever, uh, maybe a former player. It's called yeah. Pirates Life for Me on Saturday, Sights and Sounds around Dowdy Ficklin. And of course, on Sunday nights, we have the Pirate Football Playback brought to you by LK Custom Homes. Thanks uh, for Kevin KK Walker for the support of the program. Appreciate him very much. And Bubba, we speaking of support of the programs, we talked about uh, Kevin Walker, um, LK Custom Homes. We want to thank Kev for that. Uh, we also have uh, Porky's Backyard Barbecue, and we also want to mention um, PGXGloves.com. And uh, Kyle, I know for a PGX, you get 25% off the products, right? Uh, 25% off the checkout if you put in promo code ECU uh, and get yourself some sexy, sexy gloves. There you go. You could be like Michael Jackson, just have one glove and do the moonwalk, right? Uh, you could do that. Andy, the, the Pirate Football Playback will be Sunday night uh, around 7 or 8 o'clock, and, and that will be promoted on our social media, on, on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. I'd love to have yeah, you Yeah, but, 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 but tune in uh, tune in tomorrow night. I'll watch, uh, watch uh, Matt Semenza and ESPN commentator Jay Sunhalter break down the week in college football, and then you can also check out Sutton Young. with uh, who, Who's going to be on Sutton's show with, from Memphis? Frank Murtaugh. He joined us in the preseason. Uh you know, he's been in that area for 15 to 20 years at least, if not uh, if not more. And so he has a good pulse uh, on Memphis athletics and specifically Memphis football in this case. And uh, he was going to join us tonight, and he apologized, but he said he was on his way back from Chicago. His wife just ran in the Chicago Marathon. So uh, wow. a neat opportunity and experience for her, and we look forward to him joining Sutton Young on Pirate Breakdown on Wednesday night. And uh, he does a great job. Appreciate uh, Sutton as well. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thanks to Matt, Kyle, Bubba. Bubba behind the scenes uh, helping us out producing and getting the show ready and all the graphics. Thank you, Bubba. Appreciate you very, very much. All right, we'll get out of here. This is the Pirates preview, and it's every Tuesday night right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And go Pirates!
every foot, every yard, every first down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going, let the hurricane y'all.